You're listening to TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about WandaVision, Season 1, Episode 6, All-New Halloween Spooktacular. Where were you hiding all these kids up till now? What? I assume they were all just sleeping peacefully in their beds. No need to traumatize me on the occasional holiday episode cameo, am I right? No, I... You were always the empathetic twin. I don't... I didn't... Hey, don't get me wrong. You've handled the ethical considerations of this scenario as best you could. Families and couples stay together. Most personalities aren't far off from what's underneath. People got better jobs. Better haircuts for sure. You don't think it's wrong. Are you kidding? I'm impressed. Seriously. It's a pretty big leap from giving people nightmares and shooting red wiggly woos out of your hands. Welcome back, fellow Defenders. You're listening to TV Podcast Industries, and this is the Defenders Podcast, and we're talking about One Division Episode 6, an all-new Halloween spooktacular on Disney+. Plus. Yes, I am one of your hosts, Chris, and I am joined by my spectacular, or spooktacular, co-hosts. Yeah, I'm one of your co-hosts, Derek. Happy halloween fellow Defenders. I am one of your other hosts, John. Yes, boo. Well, happy Valentine's Day. It's a bit of bit of a weird episode to have around Valentine's Day, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, Valentine's Day can be scary. Yeah. Can be. Yeah, like all the broken hearts, the mm-hmm. bleeding hearts. Yeah, the massacres. Yeah. Oh, oh we're getting yeah. deep. Uh, that went dark. <laughs> the, the mafia. That, that still went pretty dark. There was quite... Well, the advert in this week's episode was pretty dark, I thought. My my initial thought on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, mm-hmm. he's dead. That poor kid on an island. <laughs> your magic can sustain your life. Nope, absolutely not. Uh, yes, we are talking spoiler-filled all about episode six of WandaVision. Um, back for this week. Uh, getting close to the end of the series now, another three episodes, and then uh, WandaVision is in the books. Uh, quite interesting yeah. that, we're, that we're up that far in the show. Like, uh, you know, a full nine-episode ser- series, first Marvel show on Disney+. Plus. You know, it, it feels like a completely different show and a bigger show, but uh, amazing that we're already more than halfway through yeah it feels like it's really rocketed along Mm. i guess maybe it's the half hour length of the episode as well i think that's it so i i was trying to because i i my partner turned around last night and was like oh this this okay so like how much left like we've got another what like five or six episodes and Mm -hmm. i was like no no we've got like three yeah she was like oh like so like an hour and a half i was like yeah about that maybe a tiny bit more yeah like maybe let's say like worse what 100 minutes of this universe, but well, back in this universe, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. wow, okay, that really." Well, it was only when I actually said that out loud, I went, "Oh, I know." Okay, and then the awesome thing is when we have a week break, and then we go into Falcon and Winter Soldier. The new trailer came out for that at the Super Bowl last weekend. Um, awesome, really looking forward to that. But a very different show, and I think a more. Uh, a more expected show from Marvel than WandaVision. WandaVision has been completely different than everybody expected, but I can't imagine we're going to be doing as much um, theories uh, weekly on Falcon and Winter no. Soldier that we've been doing on WandaVision because, you know, six episodes in and still we're, we still have questions or we still have theories about what's going on. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think uh, Falcon and the Soldier is going to be very much the noir thriller yeah. kind of action set piece. Yeah, buddy, buddy movie. But, but yeah, it's going to be lethal weapon, but with no, wings. Lethal, 
with wings, wings and wings, yeah. Uh, yeah, mechanical appendages. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just wait until a, uh, a pathway to the multiverse opens up 20 minutes into Falcon and the Winter Soldier and they're thrown into space or something and suddenly we're like, Ooh. what's going on? <laughs> Multiple Winter Soldiers, that's anyone's Valentine, to be honest. There you go. Um, there we go, yes. <laughs> Let us get into our spoiler-filled review, though. Uh, but before we do, remember, you can head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com to leave uh, a voicemail for the feedback, but of course to subscribe to the podcast on any Wiccan or Android-loving podcast player of your choice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And of course, you can send in your emails for the WandaVision pub quiz or for feedback at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Your your support of the podcast is really appreciated. Absolutely. And of course, we are over on Patreon as well at patreon.com forward slash tvpodcastindustries. So yes, to caffeinate our editor supreme, Derek, uh, then please, uh, you can head on over there and support us on Patreon as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's but- been a long week. It's been a long week. I do need caffeination. Uh, just a reminder as well, our giveaways for our feedback section and for our uh, pub quiz are going on at the moment. They'll be uh, closing down at the end of this season. So make sure you send in your answers to the pub quiz and your feedback to us, and you'll be in with the chance of getting your hands on some One Division Funko Pops, two for the uh, feedback and two for the pub quiz. So uh, make sure you get them in before the end of the season. Lots of great feedback this season as well. But speaking of that, we need to first discuss the episode before we can discuss the feedback. So Mm -hmm. gentlemen, I think it's about time we jump into the one, the only, episode six. Of One Division, an all new Halloween spooktacular. I just really enjoy doing that. I don't know why. <laughs> ah, it, it feels ah, like the ah, Simpsons ah, kind of ah, name, ah, doesn't it? Does. it? Yeah. Yeah, they have their yeah. annual Halloween special uh, going on for the last 20 years, but Halloween spooktacular really feels like something the Simpsons would have in their title. Yeah. It? I think it's a very 90s TV episode name. Mm, we'll get into that, Chris. Yes, and I'm going to laugh like this throughout the whole episode. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, this episode was written by Chuck Hayward. Uh, he did 10 episodes of Dear White People and two episodes of Mixed Dish. We haven't covered him on the podcast before. We have covered Peter Cameron, the co-writer of this episode, because he co-wrote episode five. <laughs> so both of them uh, writing this episode. Uh, once again, episode directed by Matt Shackman, uh, who's been directing all the episodes this season so far. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for this episode? Sure. Something spooky is afoot in Westview as the town prepares for Halloween. With Pietro bunking down on the sofa, the Maximoff family gets into costumes for the big event. But while Wanda, Tommy, Billy and Pietro head for the spooktivities, Vision is engaged with neighbourhood watch duties. Outside the hex, Agent Rambo, Agent Wu and Darcy come to blows with Director Haywood on how to combat Wanda and are relieved of duty. While being escorted off the base, Wu and Rambo initiate Plan B as they begin to explore how Monica can re-enter the Hex. Darcy discovers Haywood can track Vision in the Hex and a high-level eyes-only project called Cataract in his encrypted files. At the Westview Square Scare festivities for the children, Wanda and her brother catch up with each other and Tommy and Billy begin to test their own superpowers. Out in the suburbs, as Vision watches the neighbourhood, the residents are behaving oddly, and eventually seem frozen in time. Drawn towards Ellis Avenue at the boundary of Westview, a lost and confused Agnes tells Vision that he's an Avenger, but he has no recollection of who or what the Avengers are. Setting Agnes back on the road home, Vision discovers the boundary of the Hex. 
Pushing through the energy field, he pleads to Sword that the people need help, but begins to disintegrate and die. His predicament alerts Tommy and Wanda, who, summoning her powers, expands the Hex to envelop Vision and save him. As the Hex pushes outwards, it consumes Darcy, and the Sword base is turned into a circus full of clowns, a.k.a. Shield in a Big Top. Boo. <laughs> Not shield at all. Sword in the big top, John. No, shield in the big top. They've gone from space now into big top. I uh, guess Haywood, if he had been caught, would be the lion tamer. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> we normally talk about it. Our first point, we talk about the setting of the show. I think instantly, I'm, I'm sure you guys watched Malcolm in the Middle, and I'm sure you recognize that opening of the show was very clearly based on that eventually cutting to Billy talking to camera directly and telling everybody what's going on. This is a Halloween special episode that really felt like Malcolm in the Middle. And I have a huge bugbear here, a huge thing I want to point out. We've skipped the 90s. We've gone right through the 90s and jumped to a TV show that came out in 2000 to 2005, Malcolm in the Middle. I have genuinely been pulling my hair out for the last day going, why did they skip an entire decade. Why have they gone through a whole decade and jumped to a show? Because every show so far that they've chosen has been very representative of the decade that, that, that it's showing. We've had Family Ties, which is very representative of the 80s. You know, we've had um, the kind of Brady Bunch type of show. That's the 70s. You know, we've gone through all of these as we went along. And then suddenly we're in the 2000s. We've skipped over probably the biggest sitcom era that I remember because I was growing up at the time. We've skipped over the whole era of Seinfeld and Friends and home improvement, all of those kind of shows that are available, do have families in them, and we just skipped over it and went to the 2000s. And I checked everywhere, and everybody seems to think that this is supposed to represent the 90s and 2000s, but it's really clear it's 2000. All of the uh, stuff you see in the background, they're playing with PlayStation 2, for example, came out in 2001. They're uh, playing Dance Dance Revolution, I think is the game that they're playing, which came out in 2002. Um, There's movies that are in there, like The Incredibles, which came out in 2004. These guys are so good at their production budget that they would absolutely be layering in bits of the 90s if they wanted to show the 90s. We've seen that with every other episode, but it feels weird they've jumped a whole decade. I think it's going to get called out. It's so obvious. Yeah. Like, it's... Now, in my head, Malcolm in the Middle is 90s because in my head it came out in 1999, but it didn't. Yeah. It yeah. came out in 2000. Yeah. And actually, in Ireland, it wasn't until probably close to 2001. Mm-hmm. And it was on for five seasons as well. So it was running all the way into the mid noughties yeah. as well. So, yeah. Um, so I when th- you think about it like that, and, and we've talked about other shows that, that went from the 80s into, into the 90s, but they're predominantly like Family Ties went on for five or six seasons, but predominantly it's known as an 80s show, 80s fashions, 80s style, 80s sensibility, and everything like that. What did make me laugh was so many of the big sites, you could tell that they'd written their template for this week's review so they could get it out quickly. So I actually saw, like, I think IGN's headline was something like uh, WandaVision goes into the 90s with Malcolm in the Middle styles. Uh, yeah. And you're going, but it's not 90s. <laughs> but it is that trick, yeah. isn't it? Because I immediately thought Malcolm in the Middle 1990s. Like, towards the end, but it was definitely in my mind that it was the 90s. Really? But then realizing it was actually in 2000 to 2005, I was like, oh, okay, like, what's going on here? So definitely it it must get called out. So, yeah, I really do think they're going to end up calling this out. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that something we would expect Darcy or Jimmy Woo or Monica Rambeau, probably Darcy as a character, to call out. Hmm, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, if she was 
had time to watch this whole episode. Yeah. But they're doing other things in this episode, which we'll discuss later. Yeah. Um, so I think it may get called out. It may be just where, we're, like, as we already said, the clock is ticking in terms of timings. Mm-hmm. And we've got, yeah. like, like 90 minutes left. Yeah. So maybe one more episode in uh, the kind of sitcom bit, and then the rest now just goes mm, yeah. hell for leather as... Like, in show, the only thing I could think of was because the two kids aged themselves up, because Billy and Tommy aged themselves up last episode. Did that push them into, you know, changing the show, jumping in, jumping more than a decade? Which is the only thing I could think of. Yeah. They only jumped five years themselves. And this is like a 15-year jump from Family Ties to uh, to Malcolm in the Middle. So. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it, it's certainly something that is kind of intriguing. I just want to pull out as well um, some feedback that we got through on our Facebook uh, group from from Brandy mm-hmm. because I think this is really good. You know, is something going to happen? But you know, uh, Brandy goes, it definitely feels like we skipped the nineties. Could there be a lost episode? And the bit I really like from her feedback, or that we're like a flashback episode will be set in the nineties, so maybe the next one. You know, we were talking about how the 90s say something like Roseanne was a bit more gritty yeah. in terms of how they looked at the family, like all the strife and, um, you know, the antagonisms within the family, a bit like Malcolm in the Middle did, you know, yeah, in yeah. a real heightened way. Yeah. And maybe as this is getting a little darker and darker, seeing what happens with, with Wanda, that there's some kind of flashback episode, which would also just be a really good nod to sitcoms as, as well. But, like you were saying, Brandy also says it could be something about the speeding up of the timeline right. with, with the, the kids aging up 10 years. Um, so, or possibly just outside influences. So, um, yeah, really, uh, real great little bit of feedback there from Brandy, which really, Absolutely. uh, sort of ties into this point. Um, That's so I'd yeah, love the I, idea that they do it like, like in fr- the way friends used to do where they do a flashback episode yeah. 10 years before. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it starts off in, uh, in current. Uh, in current times and then it goes back to the 90s and, and covers something in there that'd be quite funny yeah, we could uh, get Fat Wanda like uh, Fat Monica well maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe. that'd be hilarious <laughs> they might go that way um, I have to say also uh, having grown, grown up in a family with four older brothers and my mother being the one in charge of the household uh, my father kind of being one of the other kids uh, Malcolm in the Middle really did feel <laughs> like a show that was just filmed in my house and put on TV every week. <laughs> it's exactly that chaotic. So uh, so uh, definitely a favourite. So loved that and loved the setting here. Loved having the kids um, kind of play those parts uh, in here as well because this is the first episode we've only seen uh, one episode with the two kids before. Now we see Billy and Tommy uh, slightly more grown and much more central for the uh, for the episodes uh, this time. So uh, quite interesting. Lots of other stuff in there. Anything else about the setting for the episode that you guys want to talk about? Not really. I, I think, like you said, it, it's just... Very mal. It it screamed. Not even just the intro. Yeah. I I mean, just in general, every part of it that was sitcom esque screamed Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Halloween festival in the square. Had the Halloween Westview Square scare. There you go. That's really there difficult to go. say, isn't it? Yeah, it really, <laughs> it really actually, is. I'm like. Oh, Agnes said that how many times in that show? Like the only, that's the only reason I know how, how which way around it is because she goes, where's the Westview Square squ- scare? And Vision goes, 
at Westview Square. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> it just kind of goes, well, obviously. But, uh, but yes, uh, really, really good. Yeah, it did really feel like that, uh, that back on the middle thing. And we've kind of mentioned the, the, the score for the whole series has been really, really good and, and indicative of, of each of these time periods. I have to say the incidental music that's being used in transitions for scenes in here is so like Malcolm in the Middle. We watched an episode last night just to make sure we were right. But the incidental music that's being put there in between scenes is just fantastic. It's so perfect. Really, really good. Let's get on to some more points about the episode. Um, probably the biggest thing that's going on here, we saw that reveal of Pietro arriving uh, into the show with a brand new face uh, at the end of last episode. And this episode, we have Wanda and Pietro catching up together. A couple of other stuff that's going on in the in the setup for the show. We do have everybody in their comic book suits. So I think that's kind of important to, to kick off with, I suppose. We have Wanda in her Sokovian mind reader outfit, which looks exactly like 60s Scarlet Witch. Yeah, fortune yes. teller. Yes, exactly. Oh, I, I have Sokovian mind reader. No, you're right. It is Sokovian fortune teller. <laughs> yeah, mind reader would be a little bit more on the nose than fortune teller. Wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we have Vision in his Mexican wrestler outfit, uh, which is, uh, which is absolutely uh, ridiculous. Uh, looks nothing like a normal Mexican wrestler. No. Well, I, I, how many Mexican wrestlers have you met? Well, not mess. You're right. You're right. But Rey yes. Mysterio, massive Mexican wrestler in, in the WWE. I've known him for uh, for twenty years of his wrestling career, okay. and all the all those Mexican uh, wrestlers have a similar style, similar masks, that kind of stuff. But I don't think many of them wear capes and diamonds on their head. <laughs> no, but it's a good gag. It's a good it gag is. to s- sort of explain away Vision's old costume. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that. Um, Wanda's costume as well, like real classic. And I really love seeing Billy in his Wiccan costume from the, the comics with the, the kind of bandana element to it. Really, uh, really good. Did, um, yeah, they did a great job. Even this hair looks exactly like it does in, in the comic book. Um, like it's, it's so cool seeing it straight from the start. That is the opening scene, really. It's Tommy talking to the camera dressed in his Wiccan outfit. And I love his brothers kind of nudging him, kind of going, oh, you nerd, <laughs> dressing up in cosplay, you know. Uh, but later on, uh, obviously, with uh, with Pietro there, their their cool uncle takes Tommy out to get his outfit. So uh, both of them dressed as as Quicksilver, basically, because both of them have speed powers. But both of them dressed as Quicksilver, right? We don't get yeah. Speed's costume as such. It's not that dissimilar uh, to Speed's costume in the comics. But the idea being he has the same powers as his uncle, so the two of them dressing up in the same way. And in terms of Quicksilver's hair, what was with the horn look on it? Is mm. that kind of how his hair is in the comics? I, I just couldn't remember. And then that's definitely I'd... like the seventies look for Quicksilver. Okay. Had the kind of Grand. spiky bit, but suddenly for the first time in the entire series, everybody's been talking about Mephisto being in this show for some reason, even though there's been no no <laughs> point to it, no no moment in the show where this could happen, but. It looks like Mephisto's hair, only silver. It has, has those points on it. And then because I saw that, suddenly I started noticing some of the dialogue that Pietro says when he takes the kids out to get to, uh, and makes them steal all the, all the candy from everybody, makes them smash up the, uh, the pumpkins, all that kind of stuff. Just before that, he calls them demon spawn, which I thought was yeah. quite interesting because in the comic books, they are come, they come from, uh, Mephisto. There is a, an element of them that comes from Mephisto. And I was suddenly kind of going, Hang on a second. Are they actually setting something up here with, with demons involvement with them? Is he a demon? You know? Yeah. And there's, there's a moment as well, um, where I think Wanda is speaking with Herb, who's dressed as Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you pointed out this really kind of 
unusual costume in the background behind Wanda, which looked much more serious. Mm-hmm. But I think it was just kind of like a figurine or a dummy, like, like, like a yeah. 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 Like a, you know, like the skeletons that you would hang out, yeah. um, on, on Halloween night or something like that. So it could have just been that, but it, just that there was no movement from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it looked it, like a ster- scary costume. Everybody else yeah. looked like dressing their kids up for Halloween. It this looked that, like an actual scary costume. Yeah. It, it was the old, <laughs> um, doctor look with the, the beak, you know, and yeah, um, yeah, it, it was, doctor. yeah. Exactly. So it was, um, yeah, that was kind of interesting. Uh, just wondering, is that something just thrown in there to to sort of give that nod, or is it just yeah simply uh, decoration of someone's house? Yes, it was Quicksilver's kind of seventies, but then I also went, oh, is that a nod to Logan and his crazy kind of spikes right. corner hair as well? Yeah, it's just a nice thing. Uh-huh. Um, but I will say, could be Wolverine, throughout yeah, right. as this episode kind of went on I did start to question whether so I've been saying with you I don't think there's been anything to do with Mephisto uh-huh. um, or Mephisto I should say um, there, depending on how you want it. Mephisto, Mephisto there's multiple, there's multiple pronunciations there is here um, yeah. <laughs> just as I'm saying uh, it uh, 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 uh. Um, but I, I haven't been into that theory aside from that it it's a pull on the the source material mm. and I don't I just don't think they, there's anything to show that there's this outside influence at this yeah point. yeah I think we I think they would need definitely some setting up at this stage <laughs> and then we got three episodes left yeah yeah and yes. I, I don't is even if it were to happen it's certainly not going to happen in this series I don't think so he's such a big bad it would yeah. be it would be something much further down the line. It's a bit like with my Dr. Doom kind of sort of um, want. It it would just, it's just not going to happen here. It may be something in the future. Yeah. If they listen to me. (laughs) The only thing I can think of is that if it's the post credit scene for the series, right? Which would be, like, I, I'm sticking with my theory. I still think it's solidifying more and more with yeah. that Wanda is the big bad. And that she's just not aware that she, she well, she's aware and not aware that she's doing it and is the big bad. Yeah. But I can see, like, what we get at the end, just based on some of the questions uh, Pietro says, or Peter, they do call him Pietro in this. Uncle Pete um, and Pietro. Uncle yeah. Pete and Pietro. Um I can see it being in the very end that, like, maybe he morphs into red skin or something. Like, basically, everything's right. been sorted, and then you get you get a, a look at him, yeah. and as and then suddenly he kind of morphs to Mephisto, and that's it. Yeah, or into someone else, or into and Mephisto. Like, yeah, yeah. well let's talk about it because that's actually the point here the the moment when wanda and pietro are catching up let's say there's a there's we see early on in the episode wanda's still testing him she still doesn't understand why this person who doesn't actually look like her brother is in town effectively so she starts trying to test him with with things that happened in the past he tells her about the story in sokovia where they got a disease when they went out uh trick-or-treating um <laughs> it's it's an old woman giving them fish in a bag for their trick-or-treat Yay. which is a really it's a really <laughs> funny moment but wanda goes that's not exactly how i remembered and we don't get a sitcom response from pietro he says well maybe you suppress that like you do with all your bad memories and it's like whoa hold on a second that's a that's a big 
uh, catch of what's yeah, going on with definitely. Wanda here, yeah? Yeah, definitely. I love these exchanges between the two of them because it, it does feel like that testing of one another, like the accent is brought yeah. up as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, well, where's your accent to, to Pietro? Yeah. Um, in, in, in response to him kind of questioning her, you know, you get that real sort of, reveal where he says uh you know i like how you're doing this you know it's ethical you know that you're keeping the kids away and mm-hmm. then all the kids are there in this episode That's right. yeah, yeah. kids everywhere you know how are you doing this um and and we get that kind of repeat from from wonder that i don't know she doesn't know how she's there or or what she's doing um you know, she, it's all unclear to her um, mm. in in this in this moment, and um, so that's well, kind of really yes. interesting but, because of what happens right at the end. Yeah, she says she doesn't know how it started, but she definitely knows she's in control, though. She certainly knows when Pietro's questioning her, she knows she's done yes. things to manipulate the yeah. world. She doesn't know how Pietro's there because she didn't specifically call him. He says. He heard her voice and that's why he's there. But what he also says in, the, in this conversation, and this is the uh, the big call out, I suppose, with the conversation, he goes, you can trust me. I'm your brother. I'm not your husband, which 100% means you cannot trust Pietro, right? If anybody says, yeah, you can trust me, tell me all your secrets. You you know that there's definitely something going on. Yeah. yeah. I like as well that Vision catches Wanda when she says, that's not supposed to happen. And he thinks she's about to do a time jump. And, you know, uh, as he as he's just mentioned that he's going to be on neighborhood watch duties, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to coming with the family to the Square Square yeah. uh, in downtown Westview. So it's like, that was a real nice little moment as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I did like just... The little reference to Kickass as well that yeah. has Aaron Taylor Johnson, also Quicksilver from Age of Ultron, and Evan Peters yep. in that movie uh, from Mark Miller um, working together. In yeah, that movie, so yeah. really that that was a I like that little call out. Yeah, yeah. So I really enjoyed these exchanges. Mm-hmm. It's just starting to slow down for me, and this was just why. Well, I, and we, we'll get more into it when we kind of do our wrap ups and stuff like that. Uh-huh. But I, I, a lot of this just seemed stretched in, to a degree. Um, and I, I think some of these conversations could have happened quicker and with uh, less pomp and circumstance. Um, not saying that this episode has pomp and circumstance. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably yeah. my, my descriptive, my, my descriptive terminology here is getting, is failing me. Mm, but, I think that's um, Bridges and you're thinking of Chris, that one. Yes. Who? <laughs> <laughs> it's all about that pimping circumstance. I don't even know what accent that was. I, I apologize for Bridgerton funds. You will not be on Bridgerton season two, Chris. <laughs> no, 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 I will not. Um, but yes, Neil, we talk about this is how they all speak in anyway. I was I don't know where that was. Anyway, continuing on. What I'm trying to say is I think this they 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 lent very hard into the whole that she is doing the bad and that Pietro knows that she's doing the bad and he her testing. Mm-hmm. So it's like the the the, the fish story or the the other questions, or the sitting on the haystack. It, yeah. it was just, it was hammered, it was hammered home. Yes. And what I, I, I started to feel, and I, again, not saying I didn't enjoy this episode, just saying what I felt was this was, 
the episode and this was the sections of the the dialogue and the narrative where it was like hey let's remind you where all the chess pieces are on the board yeah who's doing what who knows what who the good guys are who the bad guys are mm-hmm. like quote unquote let's that's what it, this very much seemed even the conversations it's like wonder why are you doing this what why well good to see that you brought all the kids back mm-hmm. uh, like just all those comments just to remind you oh no she's doing the bad thing and I think that these are this is kind of the the bluff and the double bluff and the triple bluff. Yeah. They're setting these up so when it actually turns out it's not Wanda or it's Wanda, but it's not Wanda's doing it, etc., etc., etc. You're like, oh wow, they just reminded us like sixty sec- sixty minutes ago that they said this, but now it's actually this. Yeah, I I, I do wonder, you know, and, and I obviously will give Marvel credit. I absolutely love Marvel movies and their TV shows. I've love I've loved what they've done, but. I don't think any of the Marvel movies that we've walked out from, we've had any questions about anything that happened in the movie. It's very clear about yes. how the movie has gone and how what what they delivered to the screen. And it's very clear. You don't have many theories after you finish the movie. And there are so many theories going on about WandaVision because nobody, nobody knows what happens. There's still another three episodes to go plus this one. So this does feel like they're going, okay, everybody – Right, stop with the theories. Let's just be clear about a few points here. Yes. And then let's move on with the story. Because if you keep thinking, you keep hitting for the fences and thinking that, you know, this movie, this TV show is going to bring in Iron Man by the end of the season. Well, let's just reset your expectations here. Just calm down. I think so. This is where the show is. And this is where we move on. And I do think it needs to do that. Remember, this is a show that's available for all ages. It's uh, anybody nine and above can watch the show. So it is supposed to be able to be watched by everybody of every level of Marvel fandom, whether they've seen no movies at all before or all the movies hundreds of times. Um, so I do think they do need to do that when you have a long running series coming out weekly. You need to kind of reset it a little bit and go, right, yeah. here we are. So I could be completely wrong, of course, but I would expect that by the end of the season, we'll kind of go, oh, okay, well, we we kind of had guests early on in the season. This was all Wanda. As Chris, you were talking about last episode, this is all Wanda. She's involved. Um, she knows most things. She is in control of most things, but there's still that question that possibly somebody else is in, is there as well because she didn't know how it all began. So grand, now we know that information. We can move on to episode seven, eight, and nine and get the rest of the story here. So yeah. I think you're right. I think this is, that's required in this episode. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's, it's the level setting and then exploding. It's like literally that's what this episode was. It was yeah. like, yeah. Hey, we're going to set your expectations. Oh, okay. Now we're just going to expand them slightly. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's how I felt. I know this episode came alive for me with, um, Vision and Agnes Vision going through the boundary and the whole kind of last kind of third of the, of this. Um, the, 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 the rest of it I, I felt was just, tr- as you say, trying to, uh, set certain parameters for what to expect and it you know it it kind of did sort of make me wonder as to whether i liked the episode at at the start i had to watch it like second time third time Uh, and i I mean this is really good the way it's done but it it didn't necessarily connect with me right from the start this episode um at all but look the ending was amazing yeah um as well and we'll talk about that in a moment, but let's have a commercial breakdown. 
<laughs> Does anybody want to have a commercial breakdown uh, about the Yo Magic claymation commercial in this episode? This really did feel like uh, something that we used to see on on TV when when we were younger. A claymation character forcing you to to uh, eat something that probably isn't good for you, but but is being sold as something really good for you. It's yeah. like it's like yogurt, but not because they probably put twenty five spoons of sugar into it. You know that kind of thing. But hey. 25 spoons sugar is still good for you. <laughs> not in yeah. yogurt. It's it not. helps the medicine go down. <laughs> it yeah. does. It does. Also may kill you. Um, but this is definitely the darkest commercial we've had. It's different yeah, to all definitely. the previous commercials. We don't have the couple that have been in every, in every ad, uh, from the beginning. This is claymation. Even the voices aren't performed by them. I would, I would guess anyway. <laughs> That's very unlikely that, uh, that either of them provided the voices here. But, um, I suppose it, it's most dark because, it's someone providing magic as the solution to somebody dying and that person still dies because they can't, let's say, use the magic is, is my reading on it because they can't get yep. the, yo- the yogurt top off. Uh, but very dark. Um, yeah. Yeah. This was the darkest entry into the commercials. Um, for sure. Like everything else was all fairly like relax in a spa or, you know, luxury goods mm. and all this kind of relax stuff. In a spa with even though, <laughs> even though they had dark undertones as yeah. to the, the, you know, the story of Wanda, um, through the movies of the MCU. And mm-hmm. um, this was just like immediately, yeah, this is dark. I was certainly not expecting the, the, the boy on the desert island in the middle of the ocean to suddenly just turn into a skeleton and effectively die. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, is this vision? Is this Pietro? Um, or is it, you know, is representative of both of them not being saved by Wanda's magic yeah. uh, and her power? Remember, John, uh, and that is the, you know, that's where she is in in her mindset. Yeah. Is that despite, you know, with great power comes also not very great abilities to save people. She can kill people. It, this still happened. Well, I was trying to do a Spider-Man thing, and it didn't yeah. really work. Didn't really, didn't it. really. Yeah. But remember, John, Yo Magic is only for survivors, which is, you know, again, a horrible tagline for this ad, but but it is connecting exactly with Wanda. She's the one that has powers that kept her alive, effectively, until yeah. the snap. Um, but Vision's dead, Pietro's dead. Um, so uh, so I, I do think it speaks to the two of their deaths. Uh, we talked yeah. about all the rest of the ads uh, the commercials that we've seen throughout these shows being representative of moments in Wanda's life uh, this one seems to be right up to date now we're right up to uh, right up to Infinity War where she lost um Vision or Age of Ultron where she lost Pietro you know maybe that's the that's the connection there so it's just an additional pinch exactly as you guys are saying it's also though she can give magic away mm-hmm. i.e. giving life but she can't sustain it so yeah. she can give it to them but it's not going to do any good that's true, actually, because the, the, as we saw, the boy uh, on the island, the claymation boy on the island, does disintegrate slowly yes. over days. And what we have in the later part of the episode, we have Vision disintegrating as he walks outside the, the hex. So he disintegrates almost the same way, which obviously much higher budget uh, associated yes. with Vision falling apart than a claymation model falling apart. But uh, yeah. but it's exactly the same thing. She can sustain the life inside, but once they leave, gone. Yeah. But we also see both Vision and Pietro have their death we have had both had their death scenes not death scenes their death they're seeing where they are dead if you will yes exactly like Z- they, zombie yeah. Pietro yeah zombie Pietro and zombie yeah. vision or yeah not zombie well just vision. yeah pretty the, disintegrated the, vision yes yeah. Yeah. The, 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 they both so her magic can sustain a, a view but they still die they're still dead 
Like yeah. that's the what I took it as. Yeah. Um Absolutely, absolutely. Just one uh, one quick uh, note on Pietro's death. I love that Evan Peters has the line of, look at me dying in the street like a chump <laughs> with a couple of bullets, because that was always the kind of thing. Uh, Quicksilver is a really well-liked character. And when he was brought into the Avengers and killed off in the same movie, everybody was like, hang on a second. He can run faster than, you know, faster than a speeding bullet, effectively. Yet he shot dead in the street. What? <laughs> you know, right beside Hawkeye, who has no magic powers, effectively. Um, you know, that was always kind of the gag. But I love that Evan Peters gets to say that line about uh, about dying in the street like a chump. So, well done. Let <laughs> I me mean, talk a little bit about Wanda's powers. It seems like we get a bit more confirmation of how she's manipulating things uh, around the city. She's controlling everything in kind of a close area. Anything that's in her peripheral is happening, but it starts to slow down the further. Like if she had walked up, things would have sped up and life would have come, but they have been held. The, the residents are held in this suspended state. Yeah. It's almost like a decay rate of her powers that it it falls off as it Mm. moves away from her, at least on, on, I guess a day to day basis yeah. because you can see what she can do when she fully concentrates, but I, I it's like the energy that is required to do that. She mm-hmm. can't sustain. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like the caution though of, you know, that Wanda does to, uh, Billy and Tommy, uh, to not go past, uh, Alice Street. It, it felt like a Halloween tale. Like mm-hmm. the monsters would get you. Yeah. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the, um, you, you know, it's like Red Riding Hood or, or the, 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 the witch's cottage in the yeah. woods, you mm-hmm. know, don't go beyond, uh, Ellis Street. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that, that was really nice. And I, I loved that Vision gets this moment to kind of have that separation from Wanda. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just sees that, um, you know, the, the weirdness as, as he moves beyond, uh, Wanda's sort of immediate vicinity. Yeah. Um, like the, I just felt like that idea of the woman hanging up the decoration oh, and just the tear coming down. So really well good. Yeah. And you saw in the background that the husband was putting out the jack o' lantern outside as yeah. well and just taking it back and forth, back and forth over and over again. Yeah, Interestingly. Like, that's, that's really spooky stuff. That's really like, like Twilight yes. Sounds. Yeah, that's, it is. That, I thought it that was is. really good. And, and interestingly as well, as he gets further out, so to that other kind of cul de sac in, yeah. in the suburbs, that they're, they're frozen, you know, or, or they're, they're kind of still. But they're still in costume. So like yeah. they, they, they've had the costume change from, from Wanda, uh, but she's not animating them mm-hmm. uh, in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's and not I, like they're still in 50s costumes. Or no, something. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, that, that was kind of interesting. Yeah. And just then Vision just removing his Mexican oh, Vision outfit so and, <laughs> and going... <laughs> Um, and, and rising up. Yeah. And I thought that was really great, uh, scene. Absolutely. And just one other thing as well, just on the caution to the kids about don't cross Ellis Street. Um, you get the response from Tommy and from Billy that, yeah, we know, like, this is not the first time she's warned them to not cross Ellis Street. So that's yeah. the permanent boundary of her powers, at least in the episode as we start, let's say. Uh, but that is something that they're being told constantly. Don't cross Ellis Street because if you do, Effectively, you're crossing the border out of Westview, right? So they know that they can't cross that, uh, even with their new powers here. Don't yeah. don't walk across the uh, the threshold of this of yeah. this city. So, um, so I, I like that they had that reaction. We didn't mention that we've got two superpowered kids in here now. Um, 
uh, we have Ooh, yeah yeah we have which is pretty pretty big really you have Tommy uh, the speedster uh, who I love um, you saw them walking past the cinema earlier on with uh, with the Incredibles playing I love that the first time he realizes he has these superpowers he replicates almost exactly like Dash uh, the kid who's a, a speedster in uh, in Incredibles he runs back and forth and back and forth faster than anybody can see and he's really happy with himself going woo <laughs> as he's as he's going back and forth very cool and then. Uh, Billy takes on his uh, his Wiccan powers as he connects with Vision when Vision starts to make that uh, make that journey through the boundary. We yeah. have we have him suddenly being connected with his father who's in pain. Um, so a really a really good uh, showing of his powers, and he's sure. able to stop Tommy yeah. as well. And Tommy's like, ah, oh, cool, look at you, yeah, it's superpowers, yeah, really good, <laughs> deadly, yeah, very cool. And then speaking of powers of the show, herself and Pietro have that conversation where he's talking about her powers and talking about the fact that, you know, she's kind of jumped quite a big bit from the way that we've seen her powers in the past. Oh, yeah. Okay, so she even knows her powers are exponentially growing. Because If we imagine that, if we if we think that, okay, the, the reanimation or full reconstitution of her... At least with Vision, she had the dead body or the body of Vision with her. Uh Pietro, she's reconstituted out of nothing, uh, technically. Yeah, uh, let's hope she didn't go and dig up his body on the way to saving Vicious. Yes, that's exactly. That's, that's a whole too. other. That's a whole other <laughs> yeah. Halloween special. Yeah, but you're right. Like the the whole thing about uh, the whole thing about Scarlet Witch is, you know, her powers came from the experimentation that was done with the Mind Stone, same gem that was inside Vision. So it's done with that experimentation, right? And that's considered science that gave yes. her the powers. Whereas now we're talking about magic with her. Again, comic book version of Scarlet Witch is a magic user, but we've never really talked about her as a magic user like Doctor Strange is, for example. So they're kind of moving her into that realm of being a magic user in this show, which she hasn't really been seen as uh, in the movies. True. Yeah. Um, But let's move back to Vision on this one. Absolutely, yeah. That conversation between Vision and, Ag- and Agnes uh, at the border, uh, I suppose, is kind of the starting point of where he goes to, right? Um, so we have that moment again where Vision clears her mind of the control um, of Wanda, like he did with uh, with Norm back in his office. And we have an actual version of Agnes here who's realizing one of the Avengers is here to save her, basically. So um, so she has no memory of him from inside Westview, is, was my take on it. Uh, when she responds to to him, she's going, oh, my God, it's Vision of the Avengers. The Avengers must be here to save us kind of thing. Um, he has no idea who the Avengers are, unfortunately. Um, but I thought that was a really interesting conversation here. It feels like she's very different to what we had thought in the past. Um, we kind of see people trying to break these loops that the whoever's in control, and we kind of believe it's Wanda now. Uh, Wanda has been in control of all these people. We're, we see that they've been trying to break the loops a little bit. We saw that with Herb. We've seen it with Agnes herself a few times during the season, trying to break these loops a bit. But now she's outside. Now she's back to herself for a second. And instantly she's going, we need saving and the Avengers are here to save us. Yeah. And it's also that, again, it, it's still for me that her her husband could be the witness protection uh, person because, mm-hmm. as you say, she doesn't seem to have that connection with Westview uh, in this. Yeah. Um, like Vision mentions that you're lost yet, you know, this is the town that you grew up in. And she doesn't really respond to that to say, you, you know, it, yeah. it's, it seems very much that she is a little um, separated from 
some of the other residents. See, I ha- the way I, I took that, and again, it's a total guessing, but yeah. I thought she was trying to push herself out of the control, and that's why she was so distant from everybody else. She's right at that border Maybe, uh, yeah. of Ellis Street. So it looks like she, she says, I took a wrong th- turn in character when Vision eventually gets a response from her. But that sounds more like I did it on purpose because I was trying to break free from the control almost, you yeah. know? Um, but remember exactly as John said that the woman who's stuck putting up the decorations, you can see the tear yeah. coming from her eye because again, fighting the control. It's a light control that's on, that's on them. We were kind of talking about that, that from the center of control for Wanda, as it expands out, she has less and less control over people. So either they're frozen or this person right on the border of her control is still fighting against the control of Wanda. And that's what we hear from Agnes as well. She's saying Wanda won't even let us think about leaving. She specifically yeah. calls out as Wanda as well. So. Uh, the other thing, yes. not only the Avengers, but Vision basically finds out that he is dead because I, Agnes, you have uh, that moment where she goes, am I dead? Yeah. Um, and he's like, no, I'm why? He says, because you are. So it, that's another aspect here that vision is now aware of mm-hmm. um from that conversation with agnes like uh, yeah this this whole um interchange was was great yeah. the um between agnes and vision I, I i really liked it and it's really indicating it really reinforces exactly what monica rambo said after she'd just been ejected that it's all wonder mm. um and I, I think that's kind of really good yeah Definitely want to address before we move on from this point that we do have a lot of feedback and people aren't believing that, um, that Agnes was being true in that scene. Um, so I know there is another opinion, uh, about this, but you guys think that was all pretty, pretty clear that she was free from control in that moment when Vision gave her that kind of hit, uh, to the brain effectively and that she's becoming herself for that one moment and then returns to this Agnes in Westview afterwards, right? Yeah, I, I think I think so. I mean, I think the great thing about the scene is that Agnes is just so sort of out of it mm-hmm. from this. You know, she's she's been given agency by being released by Vision, but at the same time, she's like she just keeps repeating "dead, dead, dead." You know, yeah. you have her being confused and lost. You have her then kind of going back into type as though Wanda's control is very much on her like she was within the square where Wanda is as she kind of goes okie dokie neighbor as she turns the car around to to leave because Vision's unreleased her effectively yeah, yeah. but all of a sudden it's like she is being controlled she's reversing to as though she were in the square exactly so again it it you know would you the maniacal laugh John as well and there's the <laughs> maniacal laugh so like there's a lot going on here yeah. like the whole um response of Agnes in this is, is all up and down because of the different things going on. So, um, yeah, that's kind of interesting to me, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it, it like we've seen through last episode at the beginning of this episode up, like he's he's now understanding that there is something more, um, but there's something more sinister happening he, it's like and he's understanding it's going beyond so he literally goes to he, he takes that step he goes to the border and this for me was like beautiful looking like and i know that sounds terrible like the disintegration of a character but like paul bethany's kind of performance in this bit and 
uh, like the the CGI, if we want to call it that, like the 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 just literally the 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 disintegration, uh, like just beautiful. I really hope it was CGI. I hope yeah, so, I hope so. <laughs> I, hope so. I, I love that they mixed the three versions of Paul Bettany uh, that we've seen in the show. We have the uh, the grey dead version of Vision. We have the alive version of Vision, and we have the human faced yeah. Paul Bettany, all mixed into that CGI morphing as as bits of him fall apart. But also one little allusion to actual Vision's character in here as well. Um, Vision's a proper hero of the Avengers. He was created and became this uh, undisputable hero. Because the first time we saw him, he was able to pick up Mjolnir. That's only given to the truest people. And here we have Vision pushing his way through, not to find the answers to the questions, but pushing his way through to help the people inside. Yes. Because the only words he forces out is not help me, it's help people in here. They need help. People need help. So so I I like that it kind of tied vision as a character he's not in there going save me and my wife or my kids or anything like that he's saying the people in here the people of westview need help so uh, the hero moment i suppose for vision i just really like to correct you very quickly he didn't he picked up meow meow if we have (laughs) if we have darcy in this show we have to give it his correct name as meow meow I wanted to make sure that anybody who hadn't seen Age of Ultron understood that I was talking about Mjolnir, the, uh, the yes, <laughs> that can true. only be picked up by uh, by really true people. Yeah, but I think moving to our fifth and final point, uh, not only do we have Darcy in the show, but we now have Darcy in the hex as um, Wanda goes all red eye, I guess, and um, you see her stopping everyone in the square. And expanding the hex. I, I loved, um, all of this. Yeah. Um, you, you see the shape of the hex in this as well as it expands out as I think director Haywood is escaping. Yeah. Um, but I love all, all of this. I, we don't know what Darcy is going to look like in, uh, there. We don't see that, but we certainly see, um, the whole sword, uh, forward camp being turned into a circus, um, yep. which was really cool. I kind of love the joke in that, where it's like sword turned into clans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. From Wanda's point of view, I think that's a, that's a good little gag as well. Yeah, the big circus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I'd love if they make Darcy a waitress um, in one in a diner because the actress Kat Dennings played a character in Two Broke Girls as a waitress, mm-hmm. and I yeah, I, I thought I thought that would just be a nice nod. It'd be just a kind of a humorous wink and a nudge. I'd love that it's something completely opposite with Darcy, because Darcy's such a great sarcastic character, yeah. and, as we've seen in, in the movies. And you're right, the character in Two Broke Girls that she plays is a very sarcastic character. It's very much her go-to style, I suppose. And I love it. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I love it in the Marvel Universe, but I'd love that it's something wildly different for Darcy so we can see this massive change in her character if she's if we see her stuck inside Westview next week. Yeah. 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 Oh, she will and, be. And you see... Vision as well, reforming as uh, the hex uh, expands yeah. uh, to to bring him back in within its its um, energy field mm-hmm. and and that that whole power. Um, so you see him uh, reforming um, as Wanda effectively expands it over over him. Mm-hmm. Um, Haywood gets away, and so does Rambo and uh, Wu mm-hmm. as well, because yeah. they're um, they're off to meet someone. Uh, the aerospace engineer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's really Ram- interesting. Monica Rambo's yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, the guy. Don't know who that is, but yeah. certainly, um, you know, that's 
that's another great aspect here that I guess the the protagonists um, of Haywood and Rambeau managed to escape the expanding hex mm-hmm. um, and that they're, they're still in the mix here outside of its uh, field. I guess we're probably going to see Hayward now uh, work with Monica since he's lost everybody else in S.W.O.R.D. <laughs> after after kicking Wu, uh, Darcy and Rambeau out of S.W.O.R.D. effectively, telling her uh, she's come back and she doesn't know how the world was able to cope while all of the snaps were away effectively. Um, she's not ready to be in S.W.O.R.D., kicks her out, and then it looks like he's the only person left of S.W.O.R.D., apart from from uh, Monica and Wu. So potentially we'll see him kind of regret kicking her out next week. He'll kind of go, maybe we should work together to help everybody inside. I think they're setting up Haywood as a bad person. Obviously, there's the... the mm-hmm. So uh, very interested to see who the aerospace engineer is. I think that's going to be the big, oh my God, moment on social media next week when they show off yep. whoever it is. Like... They got Rhodey to come into yeah, the show. Or, or here's yeah. here's his name's Doctor Richards or whatever. Mm. Like again, I just yeah. I'm too soon. It's too soon for a lot of this stuff, but I think they'll it will be that will be the OMG moment from next episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I get the feeling, and I know we, we haven't talked about this too much, but I get the feeling from Elizabeth Olsen's comment that somebody huge is going to appear in the show and nobody's guessed who it is and all that kind of stuff. I still think she means somebody that we know already yeah. from the MCU. Yeah. I don't think they're going to introduce a brand new character to the MCU that we don't know. I think it'll be a big get like when we had uh, Samuel L. Jackson appear in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, a massive moment where you have a standing Avenger appear on the TV show. Wow, this is cool. Evan Peters, awesome to have him in the show, but they're still not saying he's yeah. opening up the uh, the Marvel Universe from, um, from Fox and connecting it. He's, they're just saying he's taken the face of Evan Peters, but he is the character that we saw in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Dead. I mean, the obvious one is that it will be Doctor Strange. That's that's what we'd expect, yeah. Um, but you you never know with, yeah. with with all of this. But that doesn't really connect with Monica. No, so I, I still expect we'll probably see Doctor Strange in the series in the future, yeah. but I don't think it connects with Monica's no. assertion. So I think we're probably going to see some kind of engineer that we know in the Iron Man space. Yeah. Um, you know, doubt Robert Downey Jr. is going to pop back for this episode of the show. He just finished his contract with uh, with Endgame, so uh, I doubt he's going to be the one that will come back. But I do expect somebody that we might see in the future of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, maybe. Uh, There's been a lot of reference to Captain Marvel, so it could be Carol Danvers. Yeah. Um, you know, so th- there's that side of things My as guy, well. Carol Danvers. Mm. But... You never know. Yeah, it, it could be. It could be anything around that. It could be a, a scroll. It, it could be anyone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, um, it could be a scroll. Yeah. But like the other thing as well is, it definitely we see here that Haywood as well that it is about the asset vision yes. and actually not really anything to do with Wanda. She's the one that's stolen it. That's massive. And we see that that he's been tracking her as Darcy has hacked his sort of uh, security clearance and his devices. Um, and then, you know, the other thing that's still slightly unknown is this cataract um, project, but that, must be something that uh, has happened uh, in that testing, that, that little snippet that we see of him pulled apart in, in the sword uh, mm-hmm. laboratory. Yeah. Um, maybe to do with his kind of greyed out white eyes. Maybe. Um, something like yeah. that. So I very quickly, uh, I have a theory and you guys know how much I love my theories. Um, mm-hmm. It's they, he has such a hatred of superheroes. I think this is going to be like, he, he blames them to a degree for the snap. 
or the, 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 whatever we call it, the five years. Uh, and he was like, you have no idea what it's like to be to on because you cannot rely on superheroes. They, they have failed. And that is the thing. He was what it was like to live. So he was experimenting as director of sword. Sword is yep. there to protect the world. Think of it as like very much Avengers one where, uh, exactly. basically yeah. Yeah. you had the Avengers getting annoyed at Nick Fury because he was using the Tesseract uh, to create weapons. And I think that's what this is. This is, it's a new analogous of this. And it will be like, have you not yeah. learned? S.H.I.E.L.D. did the exact, like, Monica Rambeau plays the Captain America piece here, kind of like, and we'll get like that kind of pushback, which is, I'm not, and Vision is the whole, I'm not a, I'm not a weapon, I'm a man. Exactly. Or I'm a yeah. human, I'm yeah. a puppet, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely, but it is a massive reveal that they're not here to monitor no. Wanda at all. They really aren't there at all to save the people inside there monitoring Vision, or he definitely is monitoring Vision to uh, to retrieve their asset, yes. as, we, as we thought a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. I have one last guess on who uh, Monica's guy is as we finish off our, uh, our episode discussion. I'm guessing it's Talos. You you said Skrull earlier earlier on, John. I completely forgot. Monica Rambeau was introduced yeah. with Talos, the uh, the Skrull, oh, who, who was hiding it, yeah. in plain sight. So it's possible. You know, we we know there's a TV show coming up with Nick Fury and Talos going to be involved in in Secret Invasion. So a very good possibility that we've seen the character before in Captain Marvel, where Monica Rambeau was in- introduced and potentially she kept in contact with Talos for that whole but time. That's who I meant when I said Skrull. Yeah. That's yeah. I just looked up his name, you see, so I, I was I was giving you the I was yeah, taking thank the you, thank knowledge. you. I had forgotten his name. <laughs> that's you. a Ben Mendelsohn, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. so that's a yeah. big guess as an actor. Yeah, absolutely. Um so like having him in and he's been working for Sword as an aerospace engineer, building their yeah. No, like but that's good. he because yeah. we saw the big ships in the hangar yeah, he, scene. So he could yeah. have been their aerospace engineer in Sword's hangars helping them build like the, when they were going out, he was building their stuff. I, I more, I more meant because Monica's calling him her guy. Remember, she's only back uh, after yeah. five years away, and I think I, I meant more. It's her guy, not a sword person. He's he's someone that she's been connected with since she was a kid, and potentially it's like bring Talos in, and yeah. he can help us out with this and problem. His aeronautical stuff is that he can operate a spaceship. He yeah. certainly can. Yeah, that's a good a one. I had one. not thought of that. Go. That is that is one. Because yeah, everyone's leaning towards like Reed Richards or that like mm. th- yeah, everyone's leaning towards Reed Richards or like something yeah. Avenger uh, X Men or like I don't I don't or like we know Doctor Strange Doctor Strange probably later like that's that could be end credit exactly type of yeah, thing, exactly given that they say it does link directly into yeah. multiverse of madness mm-hmm. that to me seems more like an end credit thing yeah yeah it's great he's not an aerospace engineer. So it's the engineer mm-hmm. part is the difficult one. But anyway, uh, gentlemen, we are at the end of this episode. We have come to the end of the hex. We've just missed being pulled in to Westview. So uh, before we go into whether we defend this episode, do you want to then notes? Anything you, we forgot to mention? I don't think so, personally. I've got nothing because I talked a lot. But gentlemen, do you have any notes for this episode? Uh, nothing else to say on this one. This was a good episode. Enjoyed it. 
Yeah, no, no notes from from me either. Okay, well then, straight on into do you defend, Derek? Do you defend this episode of One Division, episode six? Yeah, I absolutely defend this episode. It's an, it feels like a necessary episode, um, more than the best episode in the world. It doesn't feel like one that you would that I would force people to watch and go, look how amazing the the take on uh, on the sitcom world was in this episode. It feels like a really necessary episode where they set up the, the pieces to end off the show. So, you know, we, I don't do ratings for episodes. Um, traditionally, I've, I've never really done that, but at these kind of episodes are the reasons why I don't do it because you can't really rate this episode as a standalone because you wouldn't jump in to just watch this episode. That's, that's why I don't do it. So there you go. Uh, John, do you defend this episode of WandaVision? You can rate them because I'm about to do it. Yeah. Um, whether that is in any way meaningful is another matter yeah. entirely. But um, I give this four trickle treats out of five. Um, and I, I think for me, it was a slow start when I initially watched it. It was that last part with... Um, Vision with Agnes, Vision going through the energy field uh, and the expansion of the hex. I, mm-hmm. I just loved that. I thought the whole thing around that um, whole last um, sort of 10 to 12 minutes was pure class. Yeah. It looked cool. It really felt like it suddenly just pushed everything forward. Um, and I think Vision, it was great having Vision's um, agency and like almost his own little storyline in here in terms of his, his neighborhood watch beat, um, flying up, seeing all the strange weirdness, um, within the burbs of Westview, uh, and, and getting through. And like you say, his, his hero moment, uh, of trying to save the people. That mm-hmm. was his plea to sword. And of course, little does he know that they are effectively evil shield on earth, um, really, because they just want him to do more tests. Yeah. You know, he is their asset. Um, I, I loved, um, just then the expansion. I loved that they turned the sword base into a, a circus. I just thought that was really funny. Um, mm. and the, I, the, the two little kids, Tommy and Billy, them getting their costumes, getting their powers, really good as well. So I, I, in, on second and third watch, I warmed to the first part. Uh, for sure of, yeah. of this episode and I, I like the interaction uh, with um, Wanda and uh, her brother Pietro and yes I guess the big thing is you probably can't trust this guy because he knows too much like yeah. he's been as you say watching him on on TV uh, and he also said trust me uh, which is big red flags <laughs> big Absolutely. red flags uh, so yeah really looking forward to these last three episodes only an hour and a half so it's almost basically just over an episode left to go under yeah. normal hourly rules right. uh, of TV shows. <laughs> um, so, yeah, really, uh, I do defend uh, this episode of WandaVision. It was, dare I say it, spooktacular. Yeah, it certainly was. It certainly was. Chris, do you defend this episode? I do. Um, but uh, as I kind of said back in point two, this for me was the uh, resetting of the 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 chessboard just realigning mm-hmm. everyone to go okay let's just reset recenter expectations everyone's had fun theories you've all had fun for six hours or for 
say, six episodes, three hours of guessing and figuring out, well, we're going into the end. We're going into the final act. We're into chapter act three now. You've got, like, let's just center everything and reset the chessboard. And I think that's what this was. This was just reminding everyone who everyone is, what's happening, kind of, don't trust this person, trust this person, this person's good, this person's bad. Um, and that's kind of it. Yeah. Like who the, the hero of the story, the hero of the story is Vision and Monica Rambo and Jimmy Woo. Like that is your, your hero settings, your villain settings, Wanda and um, the director of Sword. Like it's just basically recentering. Uh, so yes, I defend it. It was just, I want, I'm now into, okay, let's do this. We've got 90 minutes. I'm, I'm, I'm set. I can't wait for next episode. Uh, because I think next episode is technically the penultimate. Uh, the finale is episode eight and episode nine is the cleanup. That's the way I see this rolling out. Um, Interesting. I think that's how sure. they're going to do it, but we'll see. I think they're going to be filled to the corners for the next three episodes, uh, trying to close out this, uh, this series. Yes. Um, yeah. Excellent stuff. Good stuff, guys. Let's get on to our pub quiz question for this week. John, what, where are we going? We're going to Westview. Is, is it a pub? Because I haven't been to a pub in almost a year. Oh my god, yeah. Um, it is, yes. It is a pub. Um, I've not really seen any pubs in Westview, uh, so yeah, mm. I can't give it a name. But let's just say it's Halloween Punch uh, today Okay. for the pub quiz question. Yes, fellow defenders, the episode 6 pub quiz question is, what street is at the junction of Ellis Avenue. Oh, I've avoided saying that so many times while we were talking. <laughs> yes. Um, this is, just to repeat the question, what street is at the junction of Ellis Avenue, the place that is the boundary of Westview mm-hmm. and where spookiness is beyond and for Tommy and Billy. Yeah. Um, send in your questions to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com uh, and you'll be in with a chance to uh, get your hands on some WandaVision Funko Pops. Yes, two Funko Pops for the uh, pop quiz question and two Funko Pops for feedback. Yes, so answers on a postcard, fellow defenders. No, please email the answers to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. And all the questions <laughs> so far from this series are over on our website at tvpodcastindustries.com yep. forward slash WandaVision pub quiz. Mm-hmm. Happy answering, fellow defenders. Absolutely. Lots in so far. I know some people are holding them back until after we've released the final question on episode nine. Um, and we'll do our draw just after the series has finished. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to, uh, to giving away some goodies, uh, on WandaVision. The Funko Pops are very cool. Yes. I like them. 100%. I think it's about time we leave the pub and head on over to the feedback section. Aw, I love feedback. Can we not stay in the pub and read feedback? Oh, we can do it. Okay, we'll do it that way. But first we need to good, listen good. to some feedback because some very fine fellow defenders headed on over to tvpodcastindustries.com and sent us some voicemail feedback. First up, we have some episode five feedback from Ryan. Hey, what's happening, guys? Ryan here. I'm going to give a review of episode five of WandaVision. And wow, we are starting to hot up and these cameos are coming now. So, um, Petro, hmm, interesting. I have literally watched it three times and it is Saturday morning and I am still just putting out theories in my mind of which Petro this is going to be and how they're going to explain it, and is this the leading now of the X-Men coming into MCU and mutants in general, and 
Oh, it is exciting. It is very exciting. We've all seen um, and heard, or maybe not, uh, leaks and rumours of people and stuff that is going to happen after this WandaVision show. So we're all just waiting on tender hooks. But for me, this episode, I think the scene where WandaVision went to get retrieve, sorry, Vision's body was the scene that we all heard was cut from Endgame. So it is just amazing. Now, all these stories are intertwined with each other and and the master, Kevin Falgi out there is doing his best and we're all sitting here on tender hooks waiting for the next episode. So, like I said, I, I, I think this episode was amazing. It's all building up and I can't wait for next week. Thanks for your review so far, guys. Speak to you soon. Take care. Thanks so much, Ryan. I think you were recording that at the same time that we were recording our episode five podcast. Uh, so we just couldn't fit it in last week in time. Great to hear your thoughts on episode five, though. Um, yeah, I can really see Kevin Feige up in his office kind of going, okay, how, how does everything mash together here? And then I have everything. I have the comics, I have the movies, I have the TV shows. How do I mash them all together and keep this universe going? I love that has, he has that overall insight, I suppose, into everything. Yeah. Thanks so much, Ryan. It, it really is. Um, sort of building up really really nicely and uh yeah i mean even just having the 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 wonder uh getting uh vision's body uh from the the laboratory mm-hmm. it was just really good like there was so much in uh episode five and, and it really did as you say uh raise the boiling point um for for the series uh, and it i it was just fantastic so yeah thanks so much ryan uh for the feedback yeah Yes, thank you so much, Ryan. Next up, we also have some episode 5 feedback, a voicemail again, this time from Natalie. Hi, guys. I just finished watching the um, crazy episode that was episode 5 of WandaVision, and I wanted to um, throw out some of my uh, musings about where I see the show going, particularly with the reveal um, that Wanda stole Vision's body, and and also her comments that you know, she didn't really know how all of this started and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, obviously she could be lying, but I feel like uh, S.W.O.R.D. was definitely experimenting on Vision because, I mean, uh, the whole point of the organization is sentient weapons and Wanda found out and she went to go rescue his body. And in that process of rescuing his body, um, you know, she got wrapped up with whoever is prompting her to cause this whole uh, fake world and and everything that's going on in Westview. Maybe it's just me really wanting Wanda to still be um, not completely bad, Uh, though I do think that they might be pushing her uh, to redeem her later, but uh, that's my theory right now. Um, I mean, part of me even thinks that Agnes... Uh, had something to do with Sparky's death <laughs> and in order to push Wanda even more. But uh, let me know what you think. Thank you so much for that, Natalie. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they are turning, they're trying to set Wanda up as the bad person to kind of make her redemption even better. She's a great character. They're not going to just make her totally evil forevermore. Mm-hmm. It's a good story to have the hero, the hero breaks, the hero is reforged even stronger look at iron man iron man in the comics was a huge alcoholic and they they built him on from that alcoholism to becoming one of the greatest leaders of the avengers with cap um so a flawed character uh is human 
to err is to be human. So it's that kind of way. Absolutely, yeah. I, I love the idea, Natalie. And I, I kind of think if she is the villain of the series, and I think we're getting a little bit more information that way, if she is, she doesn't know she is, I think, is where is where we are at the moment. She feels like she's doing everything. And I think that conversation we had this episode with Pietro saying to her, you know, well, you know, if you are in this situation, the choices that you've made, I suppose, aren't that bad. You know, like, by, you know, you keep the kids in, in bed the whole time, so they're not really involved. So you're only really manipulating the adults. And that's not that bad, right? So uh, I, I kind of like that. So maybe she'll get an insight that she is the villain and then stop doing what she's doing. Uh, maybe that's the way they'll go uh, as the season goes on. So nice to hear from you, Natalie. Uh, if anybody else wants to send us in any voicemails, go onto the website at tvpodcastindustries.com and you can record up to 90 seconds of your thoughts. Yeah, thanks so much, Natalie. Uh, moving on to email, uh, Victor Sellers says, Hail Derek, John and Chris. Another great episode, I think. Funny to see Wanda and Vision in their original outfits. Mm -hmm. Uncle Pete is hilarious but chilling as he seems to have watched all the previous episodes. Or was he programmed? Mm. Who is the guy Monica is about to meet? My bet, Reed Richards. Hayward is a complete loss, not fit to lead. His crew left Darcy handcuffed to a jeep while they ran away. Exactly. Uh, That was pretty lame of them. Um, Mm. No wonder they were transformed into clowns in (laughs) Wanda's expansion. Victor continues, I'm eagerly awaiting the reveal of the entity suspected here. Could he be Agnes's never-seen husband? Mm. I'm hoping for my favourite. He is not one to sit on the sidelines while the game is afoot. As always, looking forward to your podcast. Excelsior, Victor Von Doom. Excellent stuff. Thank you, Victor. And maybe your favourite is Von Doom? Um, Old uh, Victor Von Doom? (laughs) Maybe. So, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's some really good teasing there, Victor. I'm I'm reading uh, your clues there, hoping your favourite... Uh, he's not one to sit in the sidelines when the game is afoot. And all I'm thinking of is Robert Downey Jr. played Sherlock Holmes. Is it Iron Man that, that Victor's hoping? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, Sherlock Holmes vibes from the game is afoot for uh-huh. sure. Um, yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, Victor. Um, for me, I just, I don't know. I've seen so many, uh, on social media in the last 24 hours. Everyone's just putting up John Karinsky in his, that, uh, boss logic, uh, photoshopped, uh, again. They oh, yeah, could. Yeah. They literally, it's Marvel. They could. Yeah. I just, I, I, that would be beyond OMG. That would be OMG. Oh, 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 OMG. <laughs> I guess that's what's beyond uh, OMG. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just don't want everybody to be disappointed. I think setting up having Reed Richards come in on the first TV show when the movie is probably four or five years away, maybe, or three or four years three. away, maybe. Um, I think it's kind of going, oh, well, maybe you're probably, you might have at least something from the announced TV schedule where we've had casting announced for them. Maybe this will just be a way to tie the TV shows together or something like that, or someone from the cinematic universe appearing, uh, in, in this one that's already been in the cinematic universe for a while. I think that's where I'm, my head's at. I'm just hoping people aren't going to be disappointed with whoever they do have yeah. lined up to be in the show. I know we weren't on The Mandalorian <laughs> and that's the uh, comparison that's being drawn. So. Uh, so eager to see uh, what way they're going to do it. Let's pop on over to Facebook. Thanks so much for that piece of feedback, though, uh, Victor. Let's pop on over to Facebook. Uh, first up is Brandy Ellis Anderson. She says, just watched and I yelled, yes, vindication, because I think my theory on Monica's powers is on point and the rest of the episode happens and I'm just back to, well, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> she really liked Hayward's 
And which one of you is the sassy best friend reply to Monica and Darcy? Though we all know that's Darcy. Uh, but then you had to go and just make it so much worse by bringing up Maria's death as a weapon against Monica. Yeah, uh, what a yeah, douchebag. Absolutely. That moment with the, with the kind of fight between these two people, Hayward and, and, uh, and Monica, you know, remember those two are supposed to have known each other for years before this point. And he's saying, you know, I'm glad you were gone because you never would have been able to stand up like the rest of us did. I think that's a, that's a really good catch there, Brandy. Uh, Brandy continues, I heard a theory about the commercials thing. Uh, that they tie into the Infinity Stones. The toaster was the Mind Stone or the Power Stone. The watch is the Time Stone. The so- soap is shaped like the Tesseract, which was the Space Stone. And the Lagos Spill is the Ether or Reality Stone. If this theory is true, then Yo Magic would be the Soul Stone. I don't know whether that's, uh, that's one that I'm, I've heard. I think we're, I think I know we, I know we've heard we're done with the Infinity Stones. Um, I know, and I know we've talked about the powers that, ma- that, um, Wanda has used in the show seem quite similar to the powers that were exhibited in the stones. Um, but I'm not sure whether the commercials tie into that though. I haven't seen that theory. I might have to have to look that up. I, I looked up to this theory when I saw our feedback on Facebook this morning. Um, yeah, I, it's one I can't get my head mm. into. I just, I, I, it's trying to fit a, a, a circle in a square, mm-hmm. um, or a square into a circle. Square peg, grand which, old, Chris. Which way? Yep. Yeah, either way. <laughs> you know, look, hey, a circle technically does fit in a square depending on the size That's of the That's true, yes. <laughs> um, so, either way, no, this one, I just, this one seems to me, it's just like, hey, everything's connected to the Infinity Stones. No, I, we're beyond that now. The Infinity Stones in my head are, that this is complete. Back like, they should be. Aside yeah. from the creation of the characters, it's, we're, we're, they're not going to lean heavily into the affinity sounds as much you did as phases one to three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Um, we're into the next phase beyond. Yeah. Thanks so much, Brandy. And a thank you also for the, the feedback around the flashback potential for episode seven. Uh, mm-hmm. that was a good touch. Uh, next up is Ray from Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Okay, so another bumper episode with a few more twists and turns. After consulting my partner, Eve, we have a few theories. So Vision and Pietro seem to be more and more independent of Wanda's charade. Could it be that dead people are harder for Wanda to control? Mm. What threw me was that Agnes seemed more compliant in this episode until Vision broke the spell on her. Was it geographical? She became frozen because she was close to Ellis Drive. Mm-hmm. In any case, once Vision put her back, he also seemed to unfreeze her. That's a really good point. I think that's what I thought as yeah. well. Like she, it was like she was within the vicinity of Wanda. If you think her powers are kind of decaying, um, towards the boundary to mm-hmm. the point where they she can just freeze them uh, or hold them, um. Ray continues, so how is Vision countering Wanda's spell? Perhaps since he held the Mind Stone for so long, it became part of him and gave him the ability to alter minds. Mm. Who was Monica's guy on the inside of the Hex? At first I thought she meant Vision, but could it be someone else? Monica is certainly now going to acquire powers from her experience in the Hex. Can't wait to see that happen. In any case, I hope Evan Peters stays as the MCU Quicksilver. He's really grown on me in this episode. Also, love the nod to all the comic book costumes. Quicksilver's was my favourite. 
Elizabeth Olsen looks good in the Scarlet Witch costume and great to see Wiccan slowly emerge. So much love in this episode again. I'll leave it to the other posts that I'm sure will pick up on the 90s TV references or not. Mm-hmm. Um, Eve picked a Gilmore Girls vibe too in the town square. Not sure if that was the 90s, but close uh, enough. Yep, thanks uh, so much, Ray. Uh, the Yeah, I really liked Evan Peters uh, in this episode. Um, the, just the way he was introduced in the last one, I was kind of like, uh-oh, he's not going to be like that. But I, I really liked um, his just his performance in, in this uh certainly with with the kids as well and and seeing all the different uh costumes from the comic book as well really really good yeah yeah whether there was anything in, about from the 90s in this i guess that's up for debate given what yeah. we've mentioned but i think the only thing was the other movie in the cinema yes and um, which was a 1998 movie but that yeah Parent trap, yeah, about uh, two twins who were reunited, uh, which is which is uh, Wanda and uh, and Petro, um, and Incredibles about a family of uh, of superheroes uh, were the two movies in there. But no, this was definitely set in two thousand. I hope we see uh, that that brought back in the future and explained why we jump that far. Uh, Ray did get back in contact afterwards because he realised he had made a mistake. Uh, he knows Malika's guy is on the outside of the hex, not inside the hex. <laughs> he just had missed uh, a slight bit of the conversation. So, uh, so yeah, that is the big question coming out of this episode, isn't it? Yeah, and and that whole thing with Vision uh, and Agnes uh, at the boundary uh, on uh, with Ellis Drive, yeah, uh, yeah it, that was that doesn't kind of fit with a decay rate of Wanda's powers because she seems just like she would be as their neighbor. So- well, she was stopped dead, and when Vision puts her back is when uh, when she's able to when she seems to go back under the influence of Wanda. I do think. Uh, that Ray is right that there's something to do with the connection of the two of them being created effectively from the same stone that he has some kind of connection to her powers I think that's partly what it is yeah so yeah 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 great stuff yes thank you so much Ray and I agree with you I I count I think this is the creation point of uh good old uh spectrum um so let's see uh or Monica's Yeah, <laughs> Monica's creation. Uh, this is her, her, her powers. Uh, this is her origin story. So it'd be good to see her now go forward. Very quickly, we'll add, uh, she's also called Photon. She's had many names in the That's comic true, book. Yeah. She was Captain Marvel, Spectrum, Photon. She's been, she's been at yeah. all, but we just know her as good old. She Monica. has superpowers on the way. It's in the post, I think, is yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. Yes. We also have some feedback from Heather Wallace over on Facebook on this episode who went, I can't wait to see what Darcy becomes in the sitcom world. I don't trust Agnes at all. It's far too convenient that she was on the outskirts of town. Was she waiting for Vision and provoked him into leaving the town so Wanda would be forced to extend the barrier? It can't be a coincidence that she was dressed as a witch in this episode and the others are all in their comic book outfits. That Yo Magic commercial was so disturbing. Really creepy. And the first commercial not to feature the actors that I'm so sure are Wanda's parents. The kick-ass reference was so good with both Quicksilver actors being in the film. And also go Jimmy with the quick moves taking out those soldiers. Mm -hmm, That was cool. Thank you so much, Heather. I I, I don't know. I, 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 everyone, we, we talked about this. Um, I don't know about the comic book reference of Agnes wearing the witch's outfit. I I think it was Halloween. So I'll put it out there as the reason why I'm not sure 
about this connection between Agnes and Agatha. If you hadn't seen a trailer for this show, and we were coming up to episode six of the show, would you have any reason to believe that Agnes is Agatha Harkness, other than there was a trailer that showed her dressed as a witch? (laughs) Because I've seen nothing in the show that has specifically pointed to her being this character that everybody seems to be suggesting that she is. It's not saying that she's not. I just haven't seen anything. And I was laughing at at articles that I read this week uh, after this episode came out that were going, see, in this episode, she's dressed as a witch. So she's definitely Agatha Harkness. And I was going, no, but that theory came from you guys watching the trailer before the show came out. So it's not proof. She's just dressed as a witch, which is one of the standard costumes that you would see, you know, someone dressed as a mummy or someone dressed as a witch or someone dressed as a vampire. Um, I don't know whether it's a comic book connection, but if there is, absolutely cool. Uh, that, that would be really interesting. But uh, I just don't know. And I didn't feel that when Vision released her that she had any sudden, oh, Vision, we need to get our plan back on track or something. You know, it didn't feel like she was suddenly a really helpful character that that was in there yeah. trying to do something like when monica was released from being geraldine she knew exactly who she was and knew exactly what the plan was when she was in there whereas agnes being released from control was almost exactly like norm which was i need to get back to my real life and you're here to save me and help me was kind of the the reaction she had yeah thanks uh so much heather uh, for that, yeah, I too am looking forward to seeing what Darcy becomes uh, in the sitcom world yep, as well. Cool. It'd be really, really good. Absolutely. Yeah. Also on Facebook, we had Alan Thomas. Uh, Alan says, I was not a fan of the theories about how Wanda was not really the she Norm was talking about, that she wasn't really the one creating all this. So I'm glad that now seems to be nipped in the bud. Mm. However, there had been so much speculation that Agnes was fully aware of what was going on, and that did seem more plausible. But that seems to be belied by her interaction with Vision when she was in the car. Mm. So the bottom line, the story now appears to actually be a lot simpler than many have been speculating it to be, Mm -hmm. which I guess will be disappointing for a lot of people, although I am okay with it. Kind of reminds me of how the online theories got really baroque around True Detective (laughs) Season 1, but then in the end, it was more straightforward. Where can they go next in terms of sitcoms? The Office? Parks and Rec? Big Bang Theory. Um, thanks so much, uh, Alan, for the feedback. Yeah, I think um, this certainly um, starts to flesh out some of those characters ar- around Agnes. It, as, as we mentioned on the podcast, it really de- does uh, reinforce uh, what Monica says after she'd been spat out of the hex by by Wanda, uh, that it's all Wanda. Um and in terms of where they go next, I guess The Office and Parks and Rec uh, probably doesn't have the family element uh, as much. Mm. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go on the, the old sitcom. Yeah, yeah but I, I, so I'll jump in here. I'm pretty sure based on the family dynamic, it will be Modern Family, mm-hmm. which was big in those 2000, end of 2000 moments uh, before the 2020s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it started finished, in 2009 years ago, and ended, yeah. yeah. So it started in 2009, ended in 2020. Yeah, yeah. So it, so it has been going a very long time. And yeah, it would be probably the best example of a family-led TV show. So uh, I guess we're going to have yeah. uh, people talking to camera next week again, uh, like we had in this episode with uh, with Billy. We'll probably see people talk to camera next week like they did in, the, in Modern Family, uh, the big indicator of that show. Excellent. Thanks so much for, those, uh, for that feedback, Alan. Uh, Lisa Richardson says, I really think Doctor Strange is going to appear in this season. The craziness and danger of the hex happen- happening this close to NYC, he has to investigate it. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And you'd love that to happen. I would as well. (laughs) Uh, Lisa says, also, not to excuse Hayward, but I'm glad they're showing the paranoia and fear of those left behind in the blip. The world doesn't bounce back from losing half its population. Things will change. I'm glad they're acknowledging it. So that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is, and I think this is what the the next couple of things are going to be about on Disney Plus, which is what has happened to the world in those five years. Yeah. So, like, like you lost half the world's population, the world had to survive, and also five years, people, other people are have still aged and gone on and done horrible mm-hmm. things in the five years. So it's all going to be about, okay, you're all happy, lucky, be back now, and the Avengers saved you, yay, great. We did some very terrible things for five years to try and live. Try and keep the lights on, yeah. To keep the lights yeah. on. Like, so, yeah, no. Yeah. And I think that's where the, like, Falcon and Soldier, this, it's all going, a lot of the, the big aspects and things are going to spin out of this. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And remember Falcon and the Winter Soldier, both of those characters disappeared in the snap as well and returned yeah. after the, uh, after the blip. Um, Loki, I think is the first one, uh, that we get that, may not deal with that but he's going to be time traveling so uh he had he yes, had died right. before uh the snap happened so uh so he may not be dealing with that uh excellent thanks for that lisa stevie lanardson said not a theory but i was happy to see the malcolm in the middle homage of this episode that was a show i watched with my whole family as a kid uh, excellent exactly the same as me stevie yes thank you so much stevie really appreciate that and yeah i watched the same never huge huge fan. i think i trailed off when after the first or third season it went on a bit too Loved long it. for me all seasons um, but like <laughs> yeah no it wasn't uh we also got some additional feedback from salim salim had this to say another fantastic episode i love the comic book costumes and how they worked them in of course wanda visions were long ago revealed but it wasn't expecting quicksilver very cool to see the boys emerging powers. Mm-hmm. It also seems that the further people are away from Wanda or closer that they were to the edge, the more they just kind of fade into the background. Mm-hmm. Looks like it is, a, a, in fact, Wanda and Wanda alone who's in control. But Herb did ask her if he could change anything for her. Is Agnes just playing possum? All I know is I'm excited to see what's next. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Salim. And yeah, no, that was a weird one from her, but I took it very much similar to the way Agnes kind of does it, which is, do you want us to do anything different? Mm-hmm. Is, is this what? Again, people, certain people have certain agencies. Certain people are the main supporting characters and they have a bit more agency than everyone yeah. else. Agnes being the most. Um, and that's kind of like, do you want us to change something one day? Is this not your liking? Exactly, exactly. Uh, Je- thanks for that, Salim. Uh, Jeff Childs, also over on Facebook, uh, points out something else about Herb and his feedback. Uh, Jeff says, we now get late 90s, early 2000s, Malcolm in the Middle episode. Love the Halloween costumes. I think now that Evan Peters is a bit of stunt casting and Aaron Taylor Johnson wasn't available, interesting that Pietro knows what's going on and is okay with it. I also love the Colette Kickass, which starred Taylor Johnson and uh, Evans. How was Herb calling out the pranks just before they happened? Uh, is the question from Jeff. Uh, we see Herb on the radio and he's literally saying, everybody loses their candy and then everybody loses their candy. And then we hear him saying, now pumpkins are getting smashed up and pumpkins get smashed up. And then he goes, now everybody's covered, covered in silly string. And then everybody gets covered in silly string behind him. And you're going, how is he getting this message on the radio and anticipating it? I know it's a sitcom joke, um, is kind of the thing. It's, it's, it's almost like a cartoon uh, joke more than a sitcom joke. But, but that's really interesting. Yeah. I didn't even clock that actually. Mm. And it could feed into something, I guess, given it was Evan Pieces or version of pietro mm-hmm. and you know we've been talking about how he seems to know what's going on yeah. so 
you know, it maybe adds a little bit more fuel to that fire. And all three of these characters are created in the world of Westview as well. None of those exist outside of Westview, right? So are they just being written into the sitcom effectively as a part of the script that they were doing this? You know, that that's par- partly the essence. But nice catch there, Jeff. Uh, Jeff also says that the commercial was disturbing. What was it telling us? <laughs> what will Darcy be like in Westview with... Maybe an acerbic waitress in a diner, just like you, Chris. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jeff, Jeff is hoping for the two broke girls crossover. Maybe that's the sitcom they're going to take in uh, for the uh, for the 2010s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, initially Maybe. I thought the commercial was saying that, you know, don't try and open a yogurt pot with um, with wet fingers. Yeah. You know, it's one of those yogurt pots where you just can't open yeah. it. Don't um, eat yogurt on an island. Uh, yes, yeah. and don't speak to sharks. <laughs> and uh, it's always a downwards... Uh, trajectory exactly uh speaking with with sharks yeah thanks so much jeff uh for that and also to salim uh for your feedback there uh sandy resenders asks did you catch that one of the movies playing at the theater was the incredibles i thought that was fitting considering they are a super powered family as well Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um that was really good and the the reference of um tommy to dash as well as he uh Finds out his his new speedster powers uh, there on um, Fright Night in the in Westview Square. And um, Doctor Bob Phillips uh, also says shout out to the recap editors. They do an excellent job of putting enough of the key backstory in that us fake fangirls who don't <laughs> really have a deep knowledge can see what's required as the story evolves. Mm-hmm. Love the magical appearance of the kids. Still worried about where Dottie fits into this and cannot wait to see how Darcy is incorporated into the town of the Unreal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, um, the recap people do such a great job those 30 seconds yeah. just before the episode. I even saw this time they had the scene from Age of Ultron and they kind of edited two scenes together to make it look like Wanda was there when her brother died. Wanda was nowhere near uh yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson when he got shot in the street that was him and Hawkeye basically. Uh, but it looks like they're fighting side by side and she died right beside him and I was suddenly going was that a brand new piece of footage? So I actually had to go and watch the scenes from Age of Ultron to see. Uh, but they do such a great job of picking all these pieces from the episodes so far. They've actually used alternate takes and alternate lines sometimes to make sure it's even clearer for the audience that exactly what you need for the episode uh, coming up. So uh, so really good job. Uh, we know from uh, John writing his synopsis that uh, there's a lot of work that has to be done to uh, to sum up what's happened in these episodes. So uh, great job to the Disney synopsis people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks so much, Bob. And also Sandy, uh, for the the feedback, mm-hmm. uh, really good to get your thoughts. Um, and I don't think um, that anyone can say they're fake fan girls. Um, so uh, yes, don't be so hard on yourself, Bob. Absolutely, absolutely. I do love the line though. Uh, maybe I'm I, maybe I'll just call myself a fake fan girl because I like it. With the you, yes, that's the definitely. thing. I wanted, I just wanted to call out Doctor Bob for it's fan, fake fan girl with a you, and I'm like, girl, girl, I was so proud of you for using the you. Thank you so much. <laughs> we have a final piece of feedback from the one, the only. It's a voicemail. It's Steve Brown. Hi guys, it's Steve, and this is for uh, latest episode of WandaVision, episode six. Um, wow. Uh, I had to watch this one twice before I could even think about sending thoughts in. And uh, I just, I don't have very many because, wow, uh, so much in this episode. Um, 
let's see if I can pick a few things out just to share with you guys and then share with the panelers. Um, it's, it's really interesting. There's definitely something with Pietro. He's, he's asking very pointed questions, almost like a psychologist or a counselor kind of. And, uh, we're definitely seeing Wanda's powers are immense. Uh, and even he mentions that. So there's definitely something there. Um, I loved, again, I just love, uh, Kat Demings. I love, uh, Darcy Lewis in this. Um, every moment with her was just, was just delightful. And, and, uh, we don't get to see what happened to her when the barrier crossed over her. So that's going to be something for us to find out next week. And uh, of course we, we don't know for sure if Hayward, who definitely there's something darker going on there. We don't know if he escaped the barrier and we're, I'm assuming that Monica and Jimmy are going to escape the barrier because we got to find out who this other person is, the guy uh, with the vehicle that's going to get them through the hex. And oh, by the way, just the quick throwaway line, but how does an F, how is an FBI agent a whiz at uh, hot wiring cars? All right. Uh, talk to you later. Excellent. Thanks so much, Steve. Yeah, it's, it, there's some interesting uh, uh, shorthand use of this episode. Jimmy Woo being able to hotwire a car. Um, Darcy has been to hacker school uh, for the last five yeah, or six that years. Yeah, well. <laughs> that was the one. She's gone from a polit- social political scientist mm-hmm. to a PhD astrophysicist, yep. which you can believe. Okay, Absolutely. so like it's been like seven, eight years. Um, like, yeah, go for it. And she spent time monitoring, you know, events with Thor coming to Earth, you know, so maybe that yeah. drove her into that field. But I was, I was suddenly kind of going, you know, in, in the past in Marvel, it'd be things like, you know, we had Quake, uh, and Daisy Johnson in, in Shield, who was a trained hacker who'd spent, that was her whole past. And Darcy here, it was like, right, uh, who's good with computers here? Right, Grand, you can hack into the computer system, <laughs> uh, break into Sword, you know, Center of Sword. That, that's quite significant talents that she has, uh, that we didn't know about in the past. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's shorthand. Yeah. Look, again, people, these are fun TV shows. <laughs> there, there is a, there is a flying android and a hexagon shaped force field. Truth. Yeah. Let's not le- like look too deep sometimes. Exactly. You never know. Rather than a a, a coffee shop waitress, uh, if she when she goes into the sitcom, you know, we are getting closer to our current timeline. Maybe she's a hacker in a sci fi comedy show. Uh, Coming, coming up into. Oh my into god, that would be. <laughs> can you imagine if they put her as Quake. There you go. If they, if they actually dipped the like sitcom part and did uh, an Agents of Shield take in uh, in WandaVision, that would be awesome. If that would be awesome. <laughs> that would yeah, be. a happy family of the Shield crew. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Thanks so much, Steve, uh, mm-hmm. for the voicemail, and thanks again to everyone uh, for your thoughts, theories, comments, and everything else from the feedback. It really uh, is appreciated. Absolutely. Yeah, I just want to give a quick shout out to Steve Brown, who's also covering um, WandaVision over on Panels to Pixels podcast. He's also covering Snowpiercer at the moment, which we started with its second season. Um, but I know that himself and Mark, the two hosts of Panels to Pixels, had to actually separate last week, one covering Snowpiercer and the other one covering WandaVision. And I don't know which way they're going to do it from now on throughout the season, whether both of them are going to cover both shows or one takes one's taking one and one taking the other but uh was really interesting to hear your thoughts about uh, about one division so go check them out over on panels to pixels yes please do but gentlemen that is the end of our feedback and you know what that means that's the end of our episode mm-hmm. so much like wanda saying no and extending the end of the show and bringing in the clowns we will send in the clowns extend our force field and end this episode ladies and gentlemen fellow defenders thank you so much for listening we will be back next week on saturday again with episode seven as we review it on uh 
when it releases on Friday the 19th. Yes, it is the 19th. Yes, February, Friday the 19th. There you go. That's all my words. That's a lot of Fs. Thank you so much. Don't forget, you can also like, subscribe, share the podcast. You can support us over on Patreon.com. You can leave us feedback by joining on over at facebook.com slash group slash TV podcast industries. And there's a spoiler post where you see all these amazing feedback. You send in feedback. You, uh, uh, answer the pub quiz. You are, and you're in for a chance of winning a beautiful Funko Pop. Yes, we have goodies to give away. One for feedback, one for the pub quiz. It's going to be great. They are Funko Pops. Mm-hmm. They are one division Funko Pops. They are fantastic. Cool. But we love listening to you. We love talking to you. We love interacting with you. But more importantly, we love having you listen. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. We are ending this podcast because I have been going for at least 60 seconds. There you go. Exactly, exactly. Thanks so much for joining us. We will be back next week. Looking forward to talking to you about episode 7 of WandaVision. Yeah, thanks so much, fellow Defenders, for joining us. As always, a pleasure chit-chatting with you. Uh, everything to do with WandaVision. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending, you trick-or-treaters. Bye. Bye.